1: Hi, this is Malak Fuad, and you're listening to the wrap-up episode of season three of What I Did Next from a and Media. This is the episode where my producer Shirag Desai takes over the hosting chair and we talk about the season. Before we get to our chat, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to this season's amazing lineup of guests. I'm honored and humbled that this incredible roster of individuals have graced the airwaves of the show over the past few months. I'd also like to send a shout out to you, our listeners. We're delighted that we're reaching more people than last season. And today we're being listened to across the Middle East, from Morocco across to Oman, and we've also picked up some listeners in the US and the UK. Seriously, thanks a lot. Some of you may have noticed that we've increased our activity across social media this past season, putting up fun posts for each episode. This has also generated lots of great feedback. And now I'll hand the main mic over to Shirag, and we'll unpack the best bits from the past season and look ahead to season four. So sit back and enjoy the show.
2: Well, hello, Malak. Hello, Sharag. We're back again to talk about which is, what is our season wrap-up episode. It started out as an initial idea, and now it's become a tradition, which is we sit down together at the end of a season and talk about kind of our experience of the season, a little bit of reflection around the guests that we had and kind of some of their uh, responses, some of their stories. Uh, we also like to get your answers to the staple questions, so we'll get into that as well. Uh, But let's kick off, of course, by just kind of doing an overview of the season. Um, So what are your initial thoughts? Um, How do you feel the season went?
1: For me, uh, it's, I think the second time uh, we were able to have a good mix of industries and an even split between men and women. Um, You know, season one for me was very much a trial run um, and a great starting off point, but um, it was very Egypt centric, which which was wonderful. Um, but the uh, the idea behind the show was always to make it pan-regional. And with season two, we definitely got that mix, and with season three, we were able to continue that. I'm very happy with the mix of people, um, the fact that we had such a variety of industries, and um, like season two, we also had some non-Arabs, which I think adds a really nice perspective and adds a nice... Um, sort of uh, of a a bit of a mix uh, as well. So obviously we had um, Quito de Burr, who uh, is an honorary Arab after nearly 35 (laughs) years in the Middle East (laughs) with McKinsey. And then we had Clarissa Ward, who of course has covered um, many conflicts in the region um, uh, during the the Arab uprisings, but also before she was based in Lebanon. Um, And then of course we had that great mix of industries. We have, We have the business community represented by Quito and Ahmed Hekel. Uh, We have the design uh, world uh, in the shape of Nadine Kanso. And then of course we have the the dynamo that is Fatma Saeed, who kicked us off this season. I mean, she's so incredible. It's contagious to be in that sort of company. Um, then, of course, we had uh, Yusuf Adib, who is uh, such a, an interesting guy, such a deep uh, thinker. And, of course, uh, Sultan Al Qasimi, who, you know, in this part of the world is so well-known um, for so many things that he's done, and he's such a great role model for, um, for his generation and younger. Um, and he's a wonderful ambassador for the UAE, and for what it is to be a young Arab man today. Last but not least, Hind Sabri, our superstar, our megastar, um, such a, 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 you know, um, a relaxed person, a confident person, sure of herself, very humble, but also a wonderful representative of the cinema industry in the Middle East uh and a very intelligent woman um, not afraid to to wear her intelligence proudly on her sleeve
2: yeah and i think uh you know a couple of other firsts i guess uh one is that we recorded in person uh which was interesting right that was the first time we've done that since the show began
1: oh yeah forgot about that in dubai <laughs> that's
2: right up till now even if the guests were local or not you were recording out of out of egypt um and this time you actually recorded in dubai which was interesting we did a couple of voiceovers together so that was a also a, a first in a way for this uh, for the show
1: we interviewed nadine and uh, yusuf in dubai that's right, um, and I think we're we're planning on doing a few more, maybe uh, in in the fo- in the coming season as well.
2: It's interesting. It's hard to really like quantify or describe, but uh, they, we've pushed it a little bit further this season, right? Definitely. Um, and I know some of that is a little bit uh, subconsciously done, right? Like we're kind of like, yeah, we want to get this guest, or we want to do this because we know it's going to be bigger, and that's not a reflection of someone's following, or it's not a reflection of someone's achievement. It's just. Um I think we pushed the conversation a little bit further, right? So when we look when we look when we were, when you were just talking about the industries, like for example, uh, and and you mentioned it too like Fatima's episode was such a breath of fresh air, there was something very relatable and nice about it and and I mean as you mentioned she was one of the youngest people to be on the show yet super self-aware and you know she talked about burnout and all of this stuff but also just the fact that she was in a different industry meant that we had an entirely different conversation about what it's like to understand your voice uh, something that wouldn't have come up otherwise right
1: yeah I agree with you so you mentioned how you know the the the, the people we've had um, have has evolved almost but I think you know it's it's like building blocks you you begin and then you add and then it it becomes a sort of an an, an, it's an incremental process so what came before allows for what's coming next absolutely but the other thing I want to say on that front which is uh, something I'm very conscious of is we are a regional podcast and there is a massive gap in our in our uh, lineup so far and that's Um, People from North Africa. I mean, you know, Egypt, of course, is in North Africa, but it straddles, uh, you know, the Middle East proper, if you like. Um, I have a huge gap. I'm looking very, very uh, consciously for people from Morocco, from Libya. From Tunisia, although Hind Sabri is technically Tunisian, or not technically, she is Tunisian. She's Tunisian, but she's an honor. She's an honorary Egyptian um, and Algeria. You know, so I'm I'm really consciously looking for people from there. So, I invite our listeners, our audience, if there's anyone you can recommend, across any industry. From that part of the world, please uh, let us know because I'm I'm consciously looking to reach that side of uh, of the region.
2: Yeah, and uh, this is a good time to plug sort of our social media, right? Which is uh, at uh, what I did next on on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to us there. Of course, you can jump onto the website and, and drop us an email as well. Uh, but definitely, would love to hear that. And I think um, you know to go back to your to your point. I think it's about expanding the coverage of it 100% I think that's that's an important aspect of it and I know that some of the conversations we're constantly having right in uh, both when, when we're planning the season ahead to say okay who is the right fit and why is this person the right fit um, but and 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 also I think uh, to some degree it's also the conversations are getting better and better right again as you said building blocks so what we pursued in season one we, we evaluated it and said oh this really worked this didn't again this goes back to sort of the pivot. Uh, pivot moments and and all of that right is is doing this little bit of reflection I think one of the things that um, perhaps is a common thread again across all of our guests I mean we're actually expanding all three seasons but specifically we're we're talking about the one the the season three is how every single person is so open to being reflective to so open to looking back at their journey and, and saying here are the good things here's the thing that didn't work here's the thing that Uh, was pivotal enough and they're not all always like just a happy memory right it's it's some of them are are tough things uh but they look back and they reflect and say if it wasn't for this uh you know i wouldn't be here uh, or i wouldn't have tasted that success or whatever which i think is fascinating
1: definitely and i think no matter who you are or how famous or important you are we all like to talk about ourselves and we all (laughs) like to be asked questions about ourselves that are not the common questions you know um A lot of the people we've interviewed have been interviewed many times. And um, some of the comments we've received uh, over the last three seasons is how sort of off the beaten track, because we, we come to the question or we come to the interview from the perspective of these pivots or these forks in the road. So it does allow people to stop and think, actually, you know, in 19, whatever, 1999 or whatever, was a huge year for me because... And they might not think of their life from from that perspective. Nadine, this was wonderful. I have to say it. uh, When I do interviews, not a lot of people actually dig slightly deeper into, uh, you know... I'm interested in knowing people's motivations. Yeah, but not a, not a lot of people do that. Yeah. People want to know what you want to do next only or what do you get your inspiration yeah. from. Like, or the surface. <laughs> just the yeah. surface. Come on, you know, yeah. I've been doing this for 16 years yeah. plus. Don't you want to know where I come from, how I think, what I do? Mm. And I'm sure if we sit here another hour, we can absolutely even like... Absolutely. Uh, There's 100%. always things to talk about.
2: hundred yeah. percent. I'll add a producer's note here to some degree, right? Which is, uh, I know we're saying this almost... sort of nonchalantly, but actually that's not true, which is, you know, there is a reason why the show is anchored around the pivot points and it's anchored around that. And we want our guests, actually it is a collaborative process between you and the guest to say as much as you are the interviewer and as much as you're guiding the conversation and asking the questions, they need to come to the table, open to talking about it, having reflected before they walk in the door uh, on their pivot points. And in fact, on, on the icebreaker questions too, right? Like they have to actually think Absolutely. about the answers. It, the idea isn't to spring the question on them and say, okay, I don't know who the, who I want to invite to, to a dinner. Uh, but his idea is that we want you to go think because it reflects where you are and how you feel.
1: And you know, Shirag, I mean, you know, and, and I, I think our audience knows, I don't have set questions. So yep. we have the two, pivot, the, the two icebreakers that the guests get ahead of time and they think about those. And the only other direction I give is, This is an interview about pivot points. So you have to just think through what are the main areas of your life that either made you change in some way or allowed you to grow. If there is a pivot that is clearly a major, major um, anchor in their life of some kind, then then the conversation will linger there. It just, it's much more natural. and and, And I think that's, you know, has made people feel quite comfortable. The other thing is, is that everyone's story is very unique. And I think the people who understand their own story and own it, to me, seem to be more successful and seem to be happier. The people who have reflected on their lives and have contemplated and understood themselves uh, are somehow more content and happier and in the long run are successful because successful is not, being successful is not about a bottom line or, a size of your company or whatever. Successful is are you happy? Are you content? Are the people around you happy? Do they want to be in your company? I mean, that's success. Um, yeah. And and the people who who understand their own story, their own path, I think are the ones who are who are in a better place. And and it comes across. The really interesting thing as well from this season, and I and I'm guessing if we think back, probably every guest we've had, they're all alphas, you know in their own in their own domain in their own industry in their own world they're each and every one of them is an alpha character they forge their own path um often you know quite um, going against the grain in, in a lot of situations they're confident and they go forth and they're you know get out of my way i have you know i'm i'm on my path kind of thing (laughs) and it's interesting because everyone assumes that an alpha has to be loud and and in your face and actually no an alpha is just very sure of what who they are and they just get on with it and um and it's almost like it's almost like a stealth approach like a submarine you know (laughs) they just get it they just get down there and do it in mckinsey we always talk about Having to be on the balcony or being on the dance floor, you you can, you need to understand whether you're on the balcony looking down and seeing the bigger picture, or if you're on the dance floor doing stuff. And see, neither is right or wrong, but those are two very different positions, uh, and you need to actively manage and toggle between the two. And because a lot of my this is back to the sash and tendulkar question play a game that he can't that you can win the others were all on the dance floor because they had their networks they had their connections they uh, i I had to play a different game so i I spent a lot of time on the balcony trying to get a, a bigger picture
2: i'm going to bring up uh something that we were kind of discussing which is a is a bit of a uh, and I don't know if this is like the origin story of the alpha kind of situation, right? But um, I'll, use the, I'll, I'll use the word and we can debate it later. But um, is, is for me, it's, it's trauma. Uh, and I don't mean trauma in necessarily the default way we think about trauma, uh, although there is some of that. But I think when we've, we've looked back at a lot of these pivots, you find, or at least I feel that a lot of these pivots have to do with trauma in, in the way I'm, I'm phrasing it and the response to it. Right? Which is to say, I'm resilient enough that I'm going to overcome this insane situation in front of me. Uh, And in some cases that is actually literally war uh, for some of our guests. It's resilience, it's, uh, it's I'm going to show the way forward, I'm going to lead this situation. And some of those characteristics that come out and they get formed in a lot of cases during childhood, Um, and that becomes part of their personality, right? So what you're referring to, that's what I think when you say like they become alphas, it's kind of like, well, they know no other way, right? This is the way they they can do anything in life. And some of it is not only career-wise, right? It's also just how they lead society, how they lead... um, I mean, we look at, for example, uh, Sultan Qasmi, um, the way he took on during the Arab Spring and became that sort of center for people to follow. Those kind of responses when you see to... Uh, maybe maybe the other the alternative word maybe like in in intense adversity Um, and that response that shows up and then continues to show up right so initially it happens at the moment of trauma what we call it but then eventually just continues to show up all through their life and and they are just they are seemingly better in terms of saying they can handle a crisis in ways that maybe I, I couldn't
1: No, I I would probably just nitpick on your choice of word. I I wouldn't necessarily call it trauma, but I would certainly call it, uh, you know, a a challenge or adversity, um, definitely. Uh, And I think that if you're able to climb that mountain and get over to the other side intact, um, then I think you can kind of face anything that comes your way. And, you know, we can have the example of Clarissa Ward, for example. You know, she went and sought out a career where that would take her into war zones. Um, But that doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact on her.
0: So 9-11 actually happened my senior year at the very beginning of my final year of university. Um, And, you know, I think everybody has these kind of moments in their life that that really change the shape of... Um, their destiny in a sense and and 9-11 I think for many Americans and many people around the world was one of those, certainly was for me. I became sort of consumed by the idea that this was a lot of this was about dysfunctional communication or lack of communication, um, a sort of dehumanization of the other and so it became this calling for me that I wanted to go to wherever those places were. I was a little vague on the details at that stage and try to better understand how how this dehumanization, this mutual process of dehumanization had happened.
1: And someone like Nadine Kansa, who very clearly talked about her growing up in the Lebanese civil war, obviously that had massive, I would use the word trauma there for sure, Definitely. had massive impact on her. And I think, you know, people who, like Yusuf Adib, also had some childhood uh, major uh, adversity and challenges. Um, Fatma Saeed, for example, um, had burnt out at a very young age and that could have ended her career. And um, she was very conscious of how to maneuver that situation and how to manage that period in her life. Uh, and she's come out stronger and, and, and more resilient and able, and able to, she will be able to identify those trigger points when they come up in the future. We've all, you know, we all have those moments. I think, I don't know anyone who hasn't had a point in their life where there has been a, a major challenge or a major problem that they've had to navigate. But I think, I don't know if the, if the challenge creates the alpha, or if you're alpha and you're just able to deal with the challenge. I don't know. I, I mean, I have no clue. Because we know a lot of people who have had challenges that can't cope.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a, a conversation that requires a medical professional, I suppose. But uh, but I think I'm going I'm to leave this with, with the note, from, from of, of course, from Youssef.
0: I, I know the one thing I did for myself was to... When I found myself with a lot of hate,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I decided to not have hate in my life.
1: And the hate was geared to who or what?
0: Hate towards God. Literally, why me? Why don't you divide it up? Why is it all me? So I decided not to carry baggage, not to remember. So I don't really remember. I don't sit and sulk.
1: So it's selective amnesia.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to sulk. I don't want to be like a sore loser. This is my box of chocolates as they yeah, say yeah. and I'm going to deal with it and just do the best at it and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to dictate my life I'm going to create my life
2: For me that's what I, that's what I think what I was getting at with, with this idea of that's I think is the theme or that's something that's common among everybody we speak to is you're, you're able to see the other side even though you're faced with something uh, m- monumental you can see the other side you can find the beauty in the other side you can find the beauty to power through um, and that, that defines you But there's
1: another aspect which, you know, gets a raw rap or a raw deal around the world, which is, you know, ambition. They're ambitious. And that is perfectly uh, a good uh, good, uh, character trait to have. It gets a raw deal, I think, because people assume that, you know, If you're ambitious, then you're going to do anything to get what you want. Yeah, you
2: become greedy, which is...
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, ambition is what powers the world at the end of the day. And ambition is what changes the world, Um, you know, so we all need ambition. And and those that don't have ambition, um, they actually struggle, they actually do struggle. Of course, ambition, you have varying degrees of ambition. Um, So, but I mean, everyone needs to have a degree of ambition to get anywhere, to have some kind of impact. I think you need to have ambition.
2: When we come back, we'll get Malak's answers to the staple questions of this season and look ahead into season four. That's right after this short break.
1: I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our bonus episodes, available exclusively for subscribers. On each bonus episode, I take a deeper dive into my guests' industries, and I share some extra parts from our conversation. For example, actor and comedian Rami Youssef told me about his thoughts on cancel culture, and ex-anchor and now-author Hela Gorani told me her thoughts on the future of journalism. All of these great stories are only available on our bonus episodes, so subscribe now to unlock this amazing extra content. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts by clicking the subscribe button or on our website and get instant access to all our bonus episodes with a two-week free trial. And now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the wrap-up episode of Season 3 of What I Did Next from a Media. So we're going to get into your answers to the Stable Questions, especially since we we debuted new Stable Questions this season. Um, so let's begin with the first one, which is uh, the one from that's based on uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. I don't know how you say that question all the time. It's a bit of a tongue twister. But, <laughs> uh, but basically, we have uh, three categories, right? Or three types of people, which is the connector, the salesman, and...
1: And the Maven, the Maven,
2: Shiraz. The Maven, yeah. Which is which is sad because I identify a lot with the Maven. So that's a bit, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure you do. uh, But yes. uh, So so what 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 is your answer to this question?
1: So my answer to this question is like, I mean, I knew it immediately. I'm the connector, Um, definitely. Um, First of all, I'm a matchmaker. I don't know if you guys if you know this about me, but I've I've put together couples. um, You know. uh, so that's sort of my my little hobby. <laughs> yeah. um, but apart from that I've, I, I kind of have a good feeling about who will get along well. So I always like to mix different people together. Um, but I also think to some extent I have a bit of the nerdy maven in me because I, I'm a huge um, reader. Uh, I listen to, I read and listen to a lot of news and, programs relating to current events um so i have a a a a, a strong maven side to me which i think then feeds into the connector side um i don't think i'm a salesperson at all i i don't feel like i have that ability i think it's a it's a talent i think to be a salesperson is a talent that um you know, it's a hard talent, but I do, I don't think I have it. So I'm I'm more of a I would major in uh, in connector and minor in Maven <laughs> if I if it was a degree.
2: <laughs> so uh, we do we do need to talk about this question a little bit, right? So obviously we we debuted this for season three. Um, so we're going to kind of share with you guys that we're not going to bring this question back in season four.
1: This was a question that, um, that we formulated uh, because I just loved the book and I thought the, the concept was really interesting. And it worked in the sense that when we talked about it with our guests, um, they were able to clearly pick uh, one of the three uh, labels uh, um, as, as suiting them. But it's a it's a bit of a clunky question, and it's a bit um, hard to grasp. Um, it's a bit uh, long and complicated. So and so we figured we would um, you know not bring it back for season four. Uh, find something else, which we are going to keep under wraps for now.
2: I think conceptually, this question made a lot of sense, right? Is to try and identify the kind of characteristic a person is as, as an icebreaker. But this question is anything but an icebreaker, right? It requires a, a long explanation up front. Exactly. So, and then, of course, the assumption that we need our listeners to have read the book. And then we can't also, I think one of the tricky things that I found, especially when we're, when, you know, when we're kind of crafting the episodes together is there was no way to have to keep explaining what the three things are ahead of every question in case someone joined in, say, in episode six and wanted to listen and they were like, what is this question about? And so the only way we could do that effectively was we kept throwing that back to social media and say, look, if you want more information on this, go to social media because we've done the explainers yeah. there.
1: And that's not a good way to run it. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a bit disjointed and I don't think that's right. So, so that would be, that's the reason why. But, but it was still, I think it was an entertaining and a good insightful question to a large degree.
1: It, it was insightful because it's interesting to see how people see themselves. And that was a great um, a sort of uh, icebreaker from that perspective. But yeah. to get to their answer, it took a lot of work, basically.
2: <laughs> okay so let's let's jump on to the second question which is the social media one which i think uh both from an icebreaker perspective but also from just the amount of opinions we got or the responses we got in terms of that i think was just really interesting so but let's let's start by talking about you are you team twitter are you team instagram first of all uh
1: yeah so i am both um i use them very differently all our guests this season had um had a very clear and um and strong opinion on the social media question um, so I think I would probably relate closest to Clarissa Ward's answers in the sense of how, how I use social media. So for me, Twitter is very much uh, um, a news platform. It's an extension of my news feeds in a way. Um, here, I, I like several accounts, so I like um, I follow Clarissa Ward, I have for a long time, uh, I find her, her very insightful and she's always at the, sort of, the hot spot um, with a very um, interesting perspective. So it's not just news, it's, there's a very uh, empathetic quality to her and she brings that across in her coverage. Um, I also follow an account called The Big Pharaoh and I'm dying to know who he is or she is. So this is an Egyptian on Twitter and he covers Egypt um, quite cynically, I have to say, but he very often um, posts articles and, um, and reports that I wouldn't find on my own or wouldn't have the time to go and search for. So I, I like him or her. Um, and then I like, um, I don't know if you know, Ayman Moheddin, he's half Egyptian, half Palestinian and he's an anchor on MSNBC. Uh, He's a very, very interesting um, journalist because he's very much part of the mainstream media in the US, part of the NBC network. Um, But we're always used to seeing American media being very one-sided, very black and white about the Middle East. Um, So they clearly bring the Arab perspective, and their coverage has been stellar. It's just been, for once, uh, you know, coming out of an American channel very, very interesting. And he's extremely vocal, he's extremely uh, outspoken, and so I follow him on Twitter. And then I follow uh, Greg Karlstrom, who Clarissa also mentioned, who is yes. the Middle East bureau uh, chief for The Economist, and he is hilarious. So, apart from the fact that he's very insightful and he really comes to, the, to all questions of the Middle East very cleverly and, and from a very interesting perspective, he's just really funny as well. So, he's really he's someone I follow, and then I follow someone completely random who would not be necessarily known in the Middle East who's a very controversial figure in the UK. Um, I think he's absolutely hilarious and he goes against the grain of all this sort of, you know, PC world and everyone being politically correct. And Piers Morgan, who you might know, uh, (laughs) Chirag. So I find him absolutely hilarious. And you have to take him with a massive pinch of salt Um, you know, half the time he's just
2: trying to wind people up. And the remaining half he puts his foot in his mouth but it's still hilarious.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) But a lot of the time he's right, he's spot on. You know, he's seen as a right-wing nut but he's actually not. He's sort of, he's sort of apolitical and he just sort of blabs away about whatever's bugging him that day. Um, We were around the same world when I was a journalist in London. Uh, He was at the, at the mirror and I was at Punch Magazine, and so we had a lot of overlap of, of friends that we had in common, so I remember him from, from a long time ago. Right. Um, and then for Instagram, so Instagram for me is, you know, a very passive medium, um, wait, you know, doctor's waiting room kind of thing, but there are a few accounts that I really do like a lot. Um, one is called the Daily Stoic, which um, if you know about the Stoic philosophy, it's all about just common sense yeah. and, 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 you know, and so they have a daily, they have more than one actually. And then there's this great doctor in the U.K., in the U.S., um, and she has a, an account called Fasting MD, And she um, talks about um, nutrition and health and how fasting has helped her, you know, all the intermittent fasting right. that is very on vogue right now. Um, but her take again is very common sense and then I love Cairo scene and I love startup scene uh, which are Egypt based um, accounts but I believe a startup scene is regional Um, and they they're great because they are um, very much um, of the moment they give you a snapshot of what's happening right now um, and they're hugely entertaining. And then I love um, a, a one writer called Mo Gaudat, who yeah. is um, an ex-Google um, business developer. He has his own website, he has his own uh, uh, podcast, and he has a, um, an Instagram account, and he posts a lot of really interesting things. And he, he wrote a really interesting book called Solve for Happy, where he talks about, how to be happy, but from a mathematical equation point of view. So it's it's quite a interesting take, very interesting, uh, and he's a very interesting guy. Um, another uh, Instagram account I love is by one of my best friends. So I'm I'm going to plug her a little bit, but apart from plugging her, I, I really do love it, and I I've purchased a lot of things from her, and it's called Jam by Hedayet. This is a interior uh, design. Um, account. She's basically a a textile designer as well as uh, interior designer. And then a total like escapism account uh, is Condonas Traveler. So you just sit back in your doctor's waiting room and you scroll, scroll through the pictures and you think, oh, I'd love to go on safari. I'd love to go to the Maldives. I'd love to go to Japan. And you just, you know, you get lost for a few minutes. And so I love that.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, right? Like when you when you say that, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of thinking about my own usage, and for me, it's become a lot about consumption, right? Like I'm not creating very much on social anymore. What was interesting as well is some of the responses we got from all of our guests. I think there was this common thread of this underlying. For some of them, it was actually very direct of saying, "No, no, no, toxic place, no thanks." Um, but even I think generally as well, even for the ones that are on social media, had like a lot of caveats to to put, right, so even Nadine was kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I'm not really enjoying having to put that much up about myself, But that's what the, the work demands, right? Like, it's very this, like, I have to do this, not because I want to. And and I think that that's really interesting that we're all kind of reaching a very similar space, I think.
1: I think we're all a bit saturated, right? That We've yeah. reached saturation point. But the interesting thing for me from this season um, regarding our guests was I was very surprised by the use, their use of social media, so I I was surprised that generally it, it wasn't there wasn't a divide by generation or age. You'd assume that the older generation just wouldn't wouldn't use it, and in fact, to be fair, our two elder eldest guests were nowhere to be seen on social media. So, uh, Ahmed Haeckel and Kito Debur consciously yeah. do not use it. Don't want to be on it. Um, you know, they'll jump onto WhatsApp because they have to organize a meeting. But that's it. Um, but having said that, Fatma Saeed, our youngest member, is uh, you know very consciously doesn't want to use social media and doesn't yeah. w- have
2: WhatsApp. Yeah, that was the that was the more interesting one, I think. Yeah. I don't know if I should say this <laughs> <laughs> No, but I feel. Uh, connecting with
0: people has been so easy that we've been taking it for granted and I feel much happier without it because I realize that I'm actually in touch with the people who I want to be in touch with and who want to be in touch with me in a very um, a in a more, much more personal way in in a more real way and and I feel that social media has made it
2: so easy not only WhatsApp but also other social media sources has made it so easy for people to to just ask about them but but actually forgot that you asked.
0: It was a bit difficult. I thought I would deactivate it or delete it for two weeks at the beginning because I had a very intense working um, period. And then afterwards I realized why would I, like I was so happy these two weeks. Really? <laughs> yeah, I woke up not How looking at my phone.
1: The interesting thing that you mentioned also is that there is a real love-hate relationship. You know, people need it and they have to go on there for work or whatever but you feel that you know people just w- don't really wanna interact that much with it anymore
2: no they don't i mean i i still think by the way that it it made for an interesting icebreaker question in the in the process right i think Maybe we may have gone into it thinking, okay, we'll just we'll get a sense of what they like, what they like to, what they do in their free time, and what are they reading and watching and listening to. But it became more a commentary of social media, whether you look at it from a toxic perspective, you look at a saturation perspective, whether it was just there is benefit. I mean, some of it, it's not like there was no benefit. I mean, there was benefit perspective, but it became a commentary, and which I think was just was was interesting.
1: And, And you're right. We we came to the question as a as a very light, you know, intro chat before we got into the heavy duty life trajectory stuff <laughs> and it ended up being quite different
2: <laughs> but uh but yeah since, since we made this announcement for the for the previous question we'll make this as well this question is coming back guys so don't worry uh, not <laughs> tripping, but the questions away. <laughs> all right well you know uh as always i mean i think like i said uh, this is an interesting tradition i'm i'm really enjoying the fact that we sit down and kind of can recap a little bit and see uh, what we achieved in this season. Um, from our perspective, it's more about what have we achieved and what are we gonna target next? Uh, and then from the listeners' perspective, I think it's come some of the common things that come out when we kind of look across different industries, different age groups, different um, experiences actually, um, and, and in this case, different countries. And how yet there are some common threads that we kind of see across a few guests and, and kind of how, whether it's an approach thing or whether it's just a response thing or it's <laughs> commentary on social media. Uh, but, but I think all of this is just, uh, it, may, it makes for a nice sort of wrap up uh, to say, you know, it's been, it's been a very um, exciting and interesting season even for us to put together. Uh, and, you know, we're, at least I am looking forward to, to what's coming next. Was not an unintentional pun to, on the name.
1: <laughs> I agree. I, I would actually just like to do a call to action to our listeners, and I mentioned it earlier in the um, in our talk today, but. If there are people that you would like to hear from, if you want to hear someone's life story, if there's someone you're curious about, um, drop us a line. Uh, you can write to us um, either through social media uh, or on the website. You know, we're just we're trying to uh, bring as many interesting people as possible to the table. Um, so. Please share your thoughts and let us know who you'd like to hear from.
2: And as always, uh, you know, this has been a fun season. We hope you guys have enjoyed it too. And we'll be back very, very soon. We'll make an announcement in a few weeks. But until then, um, you can follow the show on social media. So that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's also LinkedIn. Um uh, to get updates on the show we'll obviously be doing some interesting clips and sharing um as as we wait for season 4 um and then we'll you know we'll make the announcements uh, as soon as we're ready awesome thank you so much malak
1: thanks sharag and thanks to everyone who listened and uh, and keep listening bye thank you for joining us today as we close out season 3 this episode of What I Did Next was brought to you by a and Media with me, Malak Fuad, and Shirag Desai, our producer. A thank you to our sponsors this season, Marekes and EFG Hermes. Please remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on the show. Just search for What I Did Next. And if you've enjoyed the season or even just one episode, you can leave us a review in your favorite podcast player. It really helps our show to grow. We look forward to welcoming you back to the show after the summer.